think we are. One, two, check. One, two. Am I on? I am. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Let's uh, pray for those people around you. You've already said hello to them. Now let's pray for them and ask God to move and breathe in their lives. Let's pray together. Our loving God, we thank you for those people who are in front of us and, and behind us and either side of us. We said hello to them earlier, Lord. Now we pray for them, Lord. We ask that your spirit will speak deeply into their lives. We ask, Lord, that your grace and your mercy and your goodness and your kindness and your presence will flood their body. Lord, for whatever issue that they've got going on inside of their life, whatever need they have, Lord, we ask that you will come and start the process of meeting that need right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for our brothers and sisters, Lord. And as they pray for us and we pray for them, Lord, may you bless them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in the halfway point. It's uh, halfway in, in the footy where uh, we're, we're in the middle of a series called All Natural. And, and the series is basically this. We want to see what people deem as spiritual or supernatural as just a natural part of what it means to be a Christian. And so in the, in the very first week, we talked, uh, we've been looking through the book of Acts, we talked about the fact that before Jesus came up, he says, I'm going to give you one job. And that job is to be my witnesses. And so what are we meant to witness to? Well, we're meant to witness to, to doing the very same things that Jesus did when he was here. And if you want to kind of have a nutshell of what, what that is, go and look in Luke 4, around the 30s, and you'll see Jesus' vision and desire of what he wants to do. But he was saying, we were exploring how God wants us to be a witness first to ourselves. We've got to be responsible to our, for our faith. We've got to take our faith seriously. Secondly, we've got to be a witness to our family and how we embody that within the family. And then, of course, into our wider community. If you missed that sermon, go back uh, on our website and you can find it and have a listen. Last week was Pentecost, where we where we celebrate the coming of the Spirit of God. And we saw a group of disciples all huddled in the, in the upper room, unsure what was going to happen, and the Spirit of God comes upon them mightily like tongues of fire, crazy scenes break out. And Roger brought us that message last week. And, uh, and what resulted out of this, and I think Roger shared this because I, I had a cold and I was lucky to be pushing buttons up the back last week. It was, my head was a little bit foggy. But what the Spirit birthed in the new uh, people when the Spirit of God came upon them birthed a couple of things. One is a birthed worship. So if you don't get singing and worshipping and pouring your heart out to God and giving God worth... That's something that the Spirit of God brings. It also um, births fellowship, a desire to get together and, and be a community of faith together. And lastly, it births generosity, a, a sense of a realisation that everything comes from God and God is good and we, we don't have to hang on to anything, we can give it away. And so we, we've been talking through how God, Jesus calls us to be witnesses, fills us with a spirit that births these things of worship and fellowship and generosity within us. And, and this week we're going to start 
exploring what it means to have the Spirit of God in us to guide us. Because the Spirit of God in us does do something different to everybody else who is in the world. Romans 8 puts it this way, it goes, that when we accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, when we invite him into his life, his spirit and our spirit mingle together. And that's how we hear the voice of God in our lives. Now, now there are plenty of people who hear all kinds of different voices and there's lots of mental health issues and I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is, is that when the Spirit of God enters into us, it gives an avenue for God's Spirit to talk to our spirit and so it does something extraordinary. So you and I have an opportunity that people out in the world do not have. And that is to hear and experience the presence and the voice of God inside our lives. Now, as the the great theologian Spider-Man said, (laughs) with great power comes great responsibility. Still the best Spider-Man movie, by the way. The first one. Great power comes great responsibility. The voice of God inside of you is God's presence inside of you and it is powerful. And sometimes we forget how blessed we are to be in relationship with a God who loves us, cleanses us, renews us and restores us. And so you and I have an opportunity to... Uh, to step into this world with a, with a different stride, with a different understanding, with a, with a different beat in our heart because the Spirit of God is in us. And sometimes we settle that all we need to do is read our Bible first thing in the morning, which is a great practice. Sometimes all we, we think that we need is maybe a little prayer that we get at the end of a devotional and that's all we need. And I'm saying those things are great, but they're not the same as listening to the Spirit of God inside of you and following the Spirit and what the Spirit wants to do inside of you. There is more that God wants to do because when you start to hear and experience the voice of God in your life, it changes everything. changes the faith from from moving from a a bunch of rules or just understanding or just doing some spiritual rhythms into a dynamic adventure of faith that you and I are meant to live in every single day. There's a new show on TV, it's been out for a little while, called God Friended Me. Has anybody watched it? Ah. How many of those people watched uh, Touched by an Angel as well? Just, yeah, yeah, I thought so. Um, It's an interesting little show. Kelly and I uh, watch it from time to time. We stream it when we've got some time available. And and, um, and it's a show where a a guy gets a friend request from God on his social media. And, And then when he accepted this, then God starts to send him other friend requests for him to go and follow it, it, it's nice. I mean, they're going to turn it into some sort of computer algorithm and it's not really going to be God in the end and all that kind of stuff, but who cares? Reality is what they're actually doing, though, is talking about yours and my spirituality. 
Because the reality is, is that we do have a connection with God who can tell us to go and befriend people and can tell us to go and do things. That can suggest that we break out of our norms and do something different in our lives. The, the Spirit of God changes everything. The, the voice of God within us, the, that wells up within us, gives us direction, can give us healing, can give us connection, and can give us blessing. The, the, the voice of God comes into us, can give us direction on where we're going to do. Now, most of us seek that direction when we have a major change happening in our life, don't we? Like when, when we want to get a new job or, or when we're thinking about buying a house or when we're thinking about moving from this to there, then we're definitely seeking God's guidance because, one, we don't have a clue and we're scared. And two, we, we want God to bless our new area of our life. And, and, and those things are okay. It's okay to pray for guidance in that way. But God's direction wants to be a little bit more nuanced in that. Where we walk into a room, we go, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to set up the chairs? Do you want me to clean the carpet? Do you want me to go talk to someone? What do you want me to do in this room full of people, Lord? Walk into our work and say, Lord, how can I bless someone today? What, what do you want me to do? It doesn't have to just be for the big ticket things in life. God's direction can be more nuanced than that and it can work in there. And there are times where I'm, I'm in my office and I'll just get a, a nudge of the Spirit say, Barry, go out and talk to someone. And so I'll just get up and go out and talk to someone. And so if people have been in playgroup here, you'll see me just come in for a little bit and then disappear. And what am I doing? I'm just trying to listen to the Spirit of God. And, and occasionally when I've done that, there's been so significant conversations that I've had in five minutes. I say, thank you, Jesus, I was there for that. And then I go again. Occasionally. And God will say, all right, Barry, it's time for you to ask the tough question about what that person's doing with God in their lives. And I have the joy of seeing people come to faith because I listen for that direction. God's voice and, and direction in our life can bring healing to us. When I, uh, as you've been aware, if you've been with us for a while, I mean, I've been on this journey of how does God use us for healing and a lot of the times healing comes when God drops a word of what's going on into people's lives. And so you can be sit there and, and praying for someone and God can say, Barry, I want you to pray for this. And when you do that, God opens up a whole door and brings healing and wholeness back into people's lives. God's voice can bring correction. This is the one that I don't like very much, but it comes. You know, as I've been counselling people who, who get married, I, I, I use the verse from Ecclesiastes. A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. They, you, you, as couples, you can be in relationship together and, and, and it can be fine, but if you add the relationship with God in there, then, then things are just totally different. And, and I see this in my relationship with Kelly you know, if something coming along, more times or not, it's God who says, Barry, you're an idiot. Why are you treating your wife that way? And I need that voice in my life. 
And then I've got to, you know, summon up all my energy to go say sorry and deal with all the mess that I've created. But it's that voice of correction that comes. And it's the voice of blessing. That God comes and says, I want you to bless what I'm doing in this area. And when you can hear the voice of God, you can bring the blessing of God. So we're going to be talking about God's direction in our lives. And we've got a famous story that uh, we're going to explore today. It's from Acts chapter 8. It's uh, the story of Philip and the eunuch, if you know your Bibles. And, uh, and it's got some very interesting uh, suggestions of how God likes to communicate with us. So it's from verse 26 uh, to 40. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road the desert road that goes down to Jerusalem for Gaza. And so he started out, and on the way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. And what an Ethiopian eunuch means is a eunuch means that his manhood has been sliced away. Because if you're a eunuch, you're usually in the company of very special and high-up women, and they don't want you to do anything inappropriate. So they make sure that you don't do anything appropriate. Just thought I'd give you a history lesson. That's about as nice as I could put it, I'm sorry. Uh, An important official in charge of the treasury of Kandaik, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, so the Spirit of God is already doing something in him. On the way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the Spirit told Philip... Go to that chariot and stand near it. And then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? That's what Philip said. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And... um, this, uh, this is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a, a, sleep, uh, a, sleep, a sheep to the slaughter, and as the lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, Who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they were travelling along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is some water. What can stand in the way of me me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot, both... Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. As they came out of the water, the spirit suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again and he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Astos and travelled about preaching the gospel in the towns until he reached Caesarea. I love that story for a couple of reasons. One, it's got sci-fi teleportation in it, and that just pushes all my sci-fi buttons. But I think in this passage, we see that God speaks to people 
in lots of different ways. And how God speaks to me might not necessarily be how God speaks to you and how God speaks to you might not be the same way that God speaks to the person next to you, but it is always through his spirit, through your spirit. But we see in this passage that God speaks in different ways. The first way we see in the very first verse was an angel of the Lord sent Philip. You don't need a lot of faith, do you, when an angel of the Lord appears and sends you on a journey? There's a, there's a certain amount of certainty in that. You know, you're going to go, well, I'm not really sure if this is God or not. You know it's God. And God can speak to us in ways and at times with, with great clarity, either through an angel or for, from someone else, where you know that you know that you know that it's God and you have no doubt. This has only happened to me once when I was a, a young man. I was in and out of relationships a lot and, and uh, I was sitting down at work and and I was going, God, what am I doing with my life and with these relationships with these girls? And, and I heard a voice. Now, I don't know if it was audible to everybody else, but it seemed like it was audible to me. And it just said, Barry, this is what I want you to do. And I said, really? He goes, yep. And then we had some negotiation back and forth about what was going to happen, but God got his way. I've only had that once, but... There was no doubt in my mind it was God. There was no faith that I needed whatsoever to act upon it. I knew that it was God and that God wanted it. And so at times in our life, and because it doesn't like take a lot of faith, I don't believe God uses it very often because I think God wants to grow our, our faith that he is continually speaking to us. So I don't think he, he drops the angel very often. In the Bible, he only drops angels into uh, when he wants to make a declaration where he wants to make people really sure that they know that it's him. And so occasionally God can speak to us like that. But don't expect that to wake up in the morning and an angel to be standing in bed and go, here's your list of jobs to do today. Because it doesn't take faith. I mean, God might as well just appear in the sky to everybody and say, here I am, everyone. You don't need any faith to believe anymore. I'm just here. But that's not what God wants. Because that then is not a choice of your heart. It is just you responding to something that's happening. And God likes to respond from his heart. And so we see later on that, that then we see... Spirit, uh, uh, Philip guided by the Spirit. The Spirit says to Philip, I want you to go and, and, and walk up beside that, uh, that, uh, that chariot. And so we see Philip hear the Spirit of God and walk up alongside the chariot, even though that is not what God had asked him to do. He just asked him to go down by the road. And so the Spirit of God can nudge us and give us direction. It's a solid direction. But it does take faith. Like Philip could have stood there and going, you know what, God, I think you want me to go walk by that chariot. I feel a great sense of pushing towards that way, but I'm not going to do it. Could have. So it takes a, when the Spirit nudges you, it takes a step of faith, but, but you have a strong indication that it is. And then... God can speak to us more and more that way as we get closer to him. But then there's the, the nudge. So you see Philip walking up to it and he hears 
the person reading out scripture. In those days, you always read out loud and you always prayed out loud. You didn't do it in your head. And so he was walking along and he hears the scripture and there's a nudge to him going, ask him if he understands what he's reading. And Philip goes, well, that's a good question. Do you understand what you're reading? And it opens up this whole conversation into the, the person coming to faith. And sometimes the Spirit just gives us a nudge, an opportunity. And it takes a great deal of faith whether or not we're going to step into it or not. And one of the things I teach people on hearing the voice of God is that you've got to keep on responding to those nudges. Because as you keep on responding to those nudges, you see what is of God and what is of you. And you get to hear the voice a little bit more clearly. And lastly, we see that God is speaking through Scripture. The guy in the chariot, the eunuch, is just sitting there reading the Scriptures. And as he's doing it, the, the Spirit is working at him going, you know, do you understand this? Why is he reading that Scripture that talks about Jesus? Because the Spirit is already at work. And next week we're going to be talking about the Spirit is already at work beyond us and how we can hook into that. And so we see that uh, God speaks through Scripture. And what we've got to do when we read Scripture is learn how to listen and how to apply it to our lives. And that's what we see the eunuch struggling with and what Philip gave his hands, uh, hand in doing. I love this story because at no point did God say to Philip, all right, I want you to go down to this road and when you get down to that road, you'll meet a eunuch. When you meet the eunuch, go and walk alongside the eunuch and he's going to ask you a question. And when he asks you a question, then what I want you to do is, is uh, I'm sorry, when you walk along, ask a question and then he's going to respond and what's going to happen is you're going to end up baptising him in a river down the road. And there's some of us who really wish that God would guide us in our life. Give us a list. Give me what you want me to do and I'll do it. But the reality is that most of the time God is just giving us the next step. And as Karen said early in her introduction, if she knew what the next step with her was going to be, she would be freaking out. But as we take one step of faith, when we listen to God's voice, one step at a time, God moves and gives us the next step that we want to do. And what I want to put to you today is, is, is no matter how big or small the nudge is, no matter how big or small the conversation is that you have with people, no matter uh, the role of us as spiritual people doing it naturally is to listen to the voice of God and do, and do what it says. And it can be big things or it can be small things, but we've got to listen and do so what stops us from hearing the voice of God? Well, I want to put a couple of things to you. First of all, I think the thing that stops us hearing the voice of God the most is idolatry. And idolatry is simply this, making something else God and putting that in place of God. And we can make family God and make that the most important thing in our life instead of making God God. We can expect things out of relationships that only God was meant to fill. We can, we can be trying to meet our, our internal needs 
through other people or other situations or through money or through entertainment. It's only ever meant to be filled by God. And it doesn't take much for, for uh, us to slip from something that is good and turning it into something that is God. It doesn't take much for us to put an idol in the place. And as soon as we replace God with something else in our life, it will cause three things to happen. Distraction, distortion or distance. When we have an idol in our life, we will start to get distracted from spending time with God. And you'll get up in the morning and you'll open your Bible app and you'll start reading your Bible and you go, I just want to check the news. And you'll check the news and then you'll flick it over Wikipedia. Really interested in what's happening in some obscure African country. And and then all of a sudden you're... You know, your quiet time's all eaten up because you've gone from one thing for another. You get distracted. You sit down and you go, well, God, I want to listen to you today. And and then all of a sudden you start getting all these thoughts come into your mind about all the cooking that you have to do or the the grandchildren that you've got to pick up or your children and what they're, they're at work in doing. You get distracted. Distraction's a, a, a byproduct of an idol. You get distortion. That means that when you have an idol in your life, you start seeing things through unhelpful lenses. You start blaming people for what's going on. You start blaming circumstances. Instead of coming to God with prayer, you start to blame other people. You get a distortion in your life. And lastly, you get distance. Where God just feels far, far away. And so uh, an idol... Uh, leads to sin and, and sin brings those things, distraction, distortion, the distance. So you might have an idol in your life if you made an idol in your life if you are struggling to hear God. The other thing that can make you a struggle to hear God is lies. You can believe that you're not good enough or that God doesn't want to speak to you or God doesn't want to do anything in you or through you that you don't have the, the gifts or graces or skills or maybe... You, you think that your life is so complex that you, God couldn't speak to you. There are lies that stop us from hearing God. And, and lastly, there's fear. Well, I can't imagine just going out to a road somewhere and waiting. I can't imagine talking to a stranger about things like that. That, that just sounds too scary. These things will always keep you away from the voice of God. Idolatry, lies or fear. But this is what I want you to take away from this morning. God wants to speak to you. God wants to be a part of your life. God wants you to have the ability to hear him and to follow him so that you can be a blessing to this world. If you're not hearing God, it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because something else is going on. It's not because God doesn't want to speak to you because you're so horrid or bad. It's because there's stuff that you need to deal with. You need to put Jesus back in the center of your life or maybe for the first time. But God wants to speak to you because he wants to bring healing into your life. He wants to bring direction to your life. 
He wants to bring blessing to your life. And He wants to bring, yes, correction to your life so that you will be better off. So where are you this morning? And the voice of God. There are some of you in this room that you've been walking with God a long time and and you're doing great. So pray for the rest of us. There's some of us that have just let the voice of God become a little bit dim in our lives. We're doing stuff for God, maybe, but the voice of God's a little bit dim. We're waking up in the morning and we're not feeling the joy or the presence of God anymore and we're just wondering, there's got to be more. Some of us want to hear the voice of God and never heard the voice of God. There's something in us that yearns for it, but whether we've been in church for a little while or for a long while, we're yearning for that voice. And I want to say that God wants to meet you all today. So will you stand with me if you're able? And if you need a refreshing of your, your heart, your, the voice of God has become distanced, then just put your hands out in front of you. If you uh, want to hear God's voice for the very first of times, just put your hand on your heart. And we're just going to pray and ask God to do a work within us. Hands out in front of you if you want to get a refreshing and a, a renewness. Hand on your heart if you want to hear God for the very first time. Let's pray together. Loving God, I thank you that you want to speak to us your life-giving words. That you want to guide us and correct us and bless us. So Lord, as your people, we, we just come and say, Lord, will you take center place again in our lives or for the very first time? Because, Lord, we need something different. We're going through the motions every day of doing the same thing. And there's a part of us that's just saying, there's got to be more than this. And you give it to us. So, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, will you present here with us? Will you encourage us, Lord, with a sense of your grace and your love, moving us closer and deeper to you? And Lord, may we be as your people, not just looking to hear your voice in big ticket things in our lives, but every single day, Lord, maybe we go into every circumstance going, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? So Lord, bless us in this way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.